Welcome to the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Smelser. The Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast is the shared journey of building a real estate investment property business from square one. Join me as we learn together how to conquer the real estate game to reach financial freedom. Together, we will learn from people in all areas of real estate and business in our personal trek towards escaping the rat race. Be you. Do the work you love. Play the long game. What's up, everybody? It's Josiah with the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode of mind-melting, earth-shattering, complete and utter domination. I can't think of anything else to say there. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Let's just put it at that. I have intentionally slowed down this podcast. Uh, I'm putting out less episodes. I'm doing that intentionally. I'm doing less episodes with the goal of each episode having more impact. Why am I doing that? You might ask. Well, number one, it takes me less time, which is a good thing on my end. Number two, each episode that comes out, I'm hoping you grab onto it. It soaks into your soul and your pores and completely changes you, okay? Because I'm sharing what is working for me and my real estate experience as an investor, and I'm hoping that resonates with you as well. I do this for free to you guys. You guys don't pay a thing for this. This is free to you. You're spending your time on it. I'm spending my time and money bringing it to you. The return for me is you taking this information and changing your life for the better, you helping other people change their lives for the better. And um, that means a lot to me. Part of my life goal is to give back, to help other people become successful and not just hoard success for myself. And that really jazzes me up. So um, I wanted to share with you some things that are going on in my own portfolio right now and in my own in- Uh, experience as an investor that I think will help you. I truly believe this episode might be the most impactful episode I've ever done. I believe listening to this episode by itself might make the greatest impact on you and your net worth. And I'm going to explain why. First of all, I'm not a financial advisor. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. I'm not a financial advisor, not giving you financial advice as a professional. This is a podcast. I'm a lowly broker, a lowly appraiser, and a lowly investor. I am not a certified financial advisor. So that being said, I'm going to walk you through why I think this will help you. Number one, we've shifted our investment strategy in a major way, and it's yielding major results. Number two, and this is a massive part of this episode, I am very, very bullish on cryptocurrency. Many real estate investors uh, completely reject cryptocurrency as a complete farce, and I am in total opposition of that. Um, I will tell you why in the following conversation. Um, This episode is just going to be me. There's nobody else being interviewed here. 
This is just me and you guys talking, and I've waited to do this until I was in the right mood, and the right mood is now. Um, I've been spending a lot of time doing a lot of research on this um, over the past several weeks, and I'm actually, uh, in addition to all this, I am doing keto. (laughs) So um, for two straight weeks, I have been on the keto diet. I've lost a lot of weight. Well, a lot of weight for me, uh, seven pounds in about 14 days, so half a pound a day. Um, So for those of you who are interested in losing weight, which this podcast is not about that, but if you're interested in losing weight and you're interested in losing weight in a way where you don't have to count calories, I've done keto and it's been working for me. There's a ton of information about keto out there. I'll tell you this, for my two weeks doing it, the first four or five days are pretty tough and you feel bad. But after that, I started feeling amazing and I felt like my hunger levels decreased a lot and my energy levels increased a lot. And I also felt like my brain was on like 4X mode. Um, It felt like my brain had been fed, um, you know manna from the gods or something. I don't know how to, how else to explain that, but I felt like my brain was on cruise control and I've never like, it's, it's been strange because I've been on this, this normal American diet of, you know, not really watching what I'm eating, plenty of carbs, you know, all that for quite a while and shifting over to this keto diet, which is pretty much avoiding carbs and sugar. Um, kind of, it's made a shift for me and, um, on day 14, we had a cheat day and we ate whatever we wanted and my brain kicked out of that mode. And I noticed an immediate decrease in cognitive function. I felt like my, my brain power went down a little bit and I also noted it. I also noted an increase in my, I felt like my blood sugar spiked and, um, all that to say I'm back on keto today, day 15 and Um, I am excited about this. This is a long-term thing for me that I'm planning to use to lose the weight I want to lose. And, um, I'm trying to get back to the weight I was going in to college as a freshman. Um, I weighed 192 then, and I started this weighing 262. So you do the math. That is 70 pounds. I'm already down seven pounds. So I'm already 10% of the way there, but that's a long way to go. Um, but man, this works. If I lose half a pound a day, um, it's, <laughs> I'm going to be there in three and a half months essentially. And, uh, I was budgeting six months for this. So even if it slows down a lot, I'm still on track. It's still been amazing. So if you are trying to lose weight, I'm not telling you to do keto. I'm not advising you to do keto, but man, it's working for me and you should check it out because it has been, it's been crazy. And I'll say that on the level of my thinking, I have never done something where I felt like my brain power increased like keto has done for me. So, um, check that out. All right. So let's move on into the real estate part of this, which is why you're here. So you probably have listened to the bigger pockets episode I was on. I was on two episodes of, uh, on uh, bigger pockets. Um, and it's on, it's like episode 362 or 367. There's a part one and two somewhere around there. Anyway, I explained the whole thing about us buying all these properties, doing the birth strategy and us having to refi during the pandemic. And we just got caught at the right, at the perfect 
time for it to be the most pain possible. We refied out. We hit up to like 20 doors, something like that. We did all this in a short amount of time. But let's let's take us to today, okay? Flash forward. Um, no one knew what was going to happen then. All the articles were saying the sky was falling and uh, the pandemic was going to wipe us out and all this other stuff. We we stayed calm. We found a, a lender that would refinance us. We refied out. We rented the properties out. They're all cash flowing. However, our repair costs have run much higher than what we predicted. Um, if you look at the average model for predicting repair costs, uh, most models will, sh- will show you that you should hold out, you know, 10% for repairs and 10% for CapEx or something like that. Um, our repairs have been running a lot higher than that. I don't know if that's unlucky. I don't know if the models are projected wrong and you should be budgeting in higher repair costs. But I do know this. I went I went to Rod Cleef's multifamily conference and he said he had something like a hundred or three hundred or something. He had a lot, he had hundreds of single family rentals, and he said they were wiping him out. And my theory is that they were wiping him out because of repairs. And my theory is also this that repair cost, when advertised by all the talking heads out there, are under advertising and under predicting and under preparing for repair costs. And repair costs are a big deal. Why is this? Okay. If you have a property rented at $1,200 a month and you have a pipe bust under your house and it costs $4,000 or $4,400, let's say, or $4,800, let's say for the sake of round numbers, and that property is cash flowing $200 a month profit, your profit for the year is um, $2,400, 200 times 12. And you have a $4,800 pipe problem where a pipe bust, by the way, this has happened multiple times for multiple properties of ours in Fort Worth, Texas over the last 12 months. Um, that's two years of profit gone in the blink of an eye. Okay. This hasn't happened on one property. This has happened on probably, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here, probably seven or eight of our properties out there. Um, so when you think about, you know, you're, you do all this work to get this $200 a month, then out the door goes two years of profit, just like that. You're still getting appreciation. You're still getting the monthly profit, but you're having to dig into reserves, right? Because you don't have two months of profit built up yet. And if you did, that'd be all going right out the door. Okay. So we started quickly learning that this is irritating, right? Because you work so hard for this cash on cash return. You've done the burr strategy. You've done everything you're supposed to. You've been a good boy. You followed all the rules and now you're not getting the cash on cash return that you want because of these repairs, right? So what do we do? We pivoted. The ability to pivot in your portfolio is one of the most important things you can do as an investor and as a professional. I'm telling you what, like, I don't know where this idea, this concept of changing your mind, um, I don't know where this got labeled as flighty or a failure or 
inconsistent or whatever it is, but it's to me it's one of the worst thing that's ever that it's one of the worst things that ever happened and ever got twisted because being able to change your mind and being able to pivot is actually a superpower as an investor. I'm going to say that again. Being able to change your mind and being able to pivot is a superpower. What is a pivot? A pivot is a change in strategy. A pivot is taking in data and changing your course of action based on new feedback you're receiving. It only makes sense. If you were launching a new business, and I I read the book, The Lean Startup. Highly recommend that book to anybody who's out there wanting to start a business, has a new idea, trying to trying to figure out how to launch this thing. The Lean Startup by Eric Ries, one of the best books I've ever read. The book is basically, in a nutshell, launch early, test, receive feedback, and pivot. Relaunch, retest, receive feedback, and pivot. That's it. Okay? Apply this to real estate. Do the exact same thing. Launch, receive data, make a decision, pivot if need be, and relaunch. This is what we had to do, okay? We did all this work. We got all these properties in great and a great market, by the way. And our repair costs are running way too high. We're not getting any cash on cash return we want. So our property is going up in value, but we're not making the profit we need. Sometimes we're, we're bleeding cash flow, actually. That's not a sustainable model, okay? So what did we do? We pivoted to vacation rentals, my friend. Airbnb. You've heard Airbnb a lot. We pivoted to Airbnb. And how did we do it? We didn't pivot our entire portfolio at once. We pivoted with one property. We tried it. We tested again. We received data, and the data blew our minds, okay? Here's how it worked. We sold three properties, or actually we sold two properties. We got a property under contract. I'm not going to tell you where it is because I don't want you guys to go running up to that market and start trying to buy all the deals because that would be competing with me. I'm trying to buy deals there, but it doesn't really matter because there are markets near you and close to you where you can find deals that are exact same or better cash on cash return is what we're finding. They're all around. Airbnb is exploding right now. We found a market and bought a property. After selling two properties, we sold one property and made, I want to say $60,000. The other property we sold, we made 90,000 or I'm sorry, $30,000. So we had $90,000 total. We did a 1031 exchange shielding this from tax. We took that $90,000 and that is a 20% down payment on a vacation rental for $450,000. So we found a vacation rental, $450,000 already furnished. We put 20% down our 90,000. Haven't had to put an extra dollar in so far. And it 10 x actually, hold on. We were making, we were actually, <laughs> on a good day, we were making $200 a door, which would be 2,400 bucks a property. So two of those properties would be making us 4,800 a year. We'll call it 5,000 a year. And we sold that and got a property that's going to make us 50,000 a year. 
Okay, so we 10x'd our profit potential by selling two properties and buying one property. So we have the same amount of debt. We 10x'd our net profit per year on one deal. Okay? Yes, it's insane. Um, anytime you can 10x your profit, you're supercharging your financial freedom roadmap. How did you do this, you might ask? Well, it's more accessible than you might think. First thing I would tell you to do is jump on AirDNA. AirDNA is a website that you can look up properties around you, put an address in, put the bed and bath count in, and you can figure out what that property would rent for per night. I would recommend that you calculate in your bedrooms as at least two of them being king beds and two people per bed there. So if you got a three bedroom, I would say, uh, two people per room on the first two rooms. So that's four. And then the other bedroom, I'd say put some bunk beds in there. So if you have two bunk beds in there that have two beds a piece, that'd be another four beds, right? And so there's another at least four people. And if you've got um, full bunk beds, it could fit two kids in them each. And single bunk beds, if you have one full, full over full, that'd be two and two. There's, there's, um, there's four there. And then if you have a single over single, there's two there. So there's six. So you'd have six in the bunk bedroom and then two in one bedroom and two in the other. So we've got at least 10 people and then maybe a fold out couch for two. So let's say we have 12 people in a three bed, two bath house. You're going to type that into air DNA. You're going to hit enter and you're going to see what this property could bring you in gross rents for the year. All right. Then you're going to be able to see what can I buy this for? You're going to run the numbers, which is where you get paid in real estate, understanding how to work the numbers, run the numbers on your property, compare that to what you can make. And you're going to discover that you can make a lot more money doing this than you can with long-term rentals, not knocking long-term rentals. We have them, but man, we are supercharging our profit potential by switching these over to Airbnb. So what is, what has really worked for us? What I've discovered is really working well is buying larger properties. Now you may, you may say, well, what's a larger property? I don't know if I can afford that. That's okay. If you can only afford a three bedroom, two bath Airbnb, look, get on air DNA, run the numbers and see what kind of profit this is going to, um, this is going to deliver for you. So what we discovered is our average property in our single family portfolio was making us about 200 bucks a door. And that's kind of what people tell you to go for. That's 2,400 bucks a year. On AirDNA, uh, a bad, uh, not not a bad, uh, I would say an average property is making you 15 grand a year. So to go from 2,500 to 15,000 profit for a year, I mean, if we were going from 3,000 to 15,000, that's 5X. So you're over 5X, your portfolio, 500%, maximizing 500% by just making the switch. So this, this is a game changer. This is a 5X or more game changer for you as an investor. So unless you can come up with a compelling reason not to do this, um, I would seriously consider it. Now, you have to go through your city and make sure it's allowed where you are. Look at Airbnb and see if this is a viable thing. These have to be furnished is another part of this. How can you furnish? Well, I had a guest, uh, Shelby, on my podcast recently, and she talked about, um, furnishing her Airbnbs 
using 0% financing from furniture companies. So um, if you're thinking about buying a deal and you want to furnish your property and you don't know how you're going to furnish it, go back and listen to that episode with Shelby and think about furnishing your, your property 0% through a furniture local furniture company that could help you get this thing furnished out. Then take your profits and pay off the furniture cost. Okay. So let's, let's think this through. We're all chasing financial freedom, right? Let's say you want a hundred thousand dollars to be financially free to pay your bills. Okay. On the modern conventional path, you're getting, we'll say $3,000 a property. You need 33 properties, $3,000 a property per year profit. You need 33.3 properties to get to your hundred grand. Under the Airbnb model, if you're making 15 a door, you need something like seven properties to get to financial freedom. What's easier for you, buying 33 single families or buying seven? Uh, That's a no-brainer. The Airbnb path will get you to financial freedom much, much, much faster. Okay? So if you do nothing else, I want you to re-digest. I want you to re-listen to that. Think, Think about it really thoroughly and figure out if you can come up with seven properties and furnish those seven properties to get to your financial freedom number. If it's a hundred grand, if it's more than that, if it's 200 grand, do the math, figure out what you can make. If you can make 200 a property or I'm sorry, 20 a property, that's 10 properties. It's not massive math. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you something that's mind blowing. My wife and I bought a property recently. We've been working on this real estate stuff for a long time. It's what I've been doing. We bought one property recently and it's making us six figures of profit per year, one single property, one single vacation rental. This is like another person in our family working and making a living for us. And this thing is working for us 24 seven and we don't have to worry about it. So right now in theory, my wife and I could stop working all together and we could still pay, pay our bills. No risk. We'd be fine. This thing is ticking along, making us great money. And I want that for you guys. I want that for you guys. I want you guys to experience a financial freedom that you can experience by switching over to this route. Now, am I saying ditch all your single family rentals? No, I'm not. If you don't believe me, try a property. Okay. Try one, switch it over to Airbnb, rent it out. Look at your profit after you get it up and going, if you get it fully up and going and it's ready, Look at your profit and compare it to your other ones. You be the uh, you be the judge. I'm just the podcaster here. I make nothing from this advice. I'm just trying to help you guys. You test it. You let me know how it works out for you. Okay. All right. I've dropped that hint. I've told you we have 10x. I think it's actually more like 15x our cash flow profit. We are in a great place with all that because we are selling properties. The first day they go up, they're selling for more than full price. We're repurposing that money into vacation rentals. And we are ecstatic about what we're seeing. Like it is working like gangbusters. Okay. But let me tell you about something that I am even more excited about. And this takes a lot for me. Okay. This takes a lot for me. 
I'm even more excited about this than I am my rentals. And that is cryptocurrency. And you're going to say, oh, I've heard about cryptocurrency. I, I don't know. Hear me out. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not telling you to go put all your money in this. I am telling you that I think it's got the most asymmetrical upside potential versus downside risk of anything I've ever seen. And here's why. Bitcoin is probably something you've heard about. Bitcoin is essentially digital gold. Okay. It is a decentralized money, essentially. And you need to go do your own research on Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency. But Bitcoin has a chart and that is it's having cycles and it's having cycles are when miners receive or miners are able to have half the amount of Bitcoin that they were able to mine previously. Miners are able to mine half the amount of Bitcoin they were able to mine previously. Sorry if I missed that. Every time a having cycle pops up, um, Bitcoin goes on a double, an, another bull run. Okay. Bitcoin has been around for, um, I think it's 10 years now. So we're actually able to look at some charts on this now. So at, at the beginning it was like, yeah, what is this? And then after a while it's like, yeah, this is speculative. And after a while, um, we're like now, okay, this is looking more legit now. Okay. So I bought this stuff in 2017. It went up. I sold some. I got out, I waited, it went down. I was like, I'm glad I'm not in that anymore. And I am a way more into it now than I was before. Why is that? Okay, let me tell you. To me, if we do see happen what is possible, which is if the dollar does become inflated based on the government printing currency, which is what's happened with all the stimulus after COVID. It only stands to reason if the government increases the money supply by 50%, which is a statistic I saw recently about over the last year, the government increased the money supply by 50% or something around that factor. Um, it stands to reason that we're going to see inflation, a lot of inflation. The dollar that we hold is going to become less valuable. So the prices are going to go up. So the dollars you're keeping in your bank account are going to become less valuable. If that happens and you put that $1 in Bitcoin right now, there are only 21 million Bitcoin in circulation. They're not making more Bitcoin. Bitcoin is going to go up in value as dollars chase Bitcoin, right? If, as people see Bitcoin as a store of value and a more stable store of value. So the real question becomes, do you believe that Bitcoin is a store of value that could be a legit store of value? And that's something that only you can determine. I can't determine that for you. But Tesla just put $1.5 billion in there. MicroStrategy has been putting money in there. Michael Saylor. Uh, Ethereum is another cryptocurrency I love. And Ethereum is more like digital oil. Ethereum is a decentralized operating system that a lot of uh, protocols are running on. And you, need, you guys need to go do your own research on this stuff. But Bitcoin is essentially digital gold. I would say Ethereum is digital oil. It's a different thing than Bitcoin, right? Um, but I'm extremely bullish on both. 
what am I doing? What do I plan to do? I plan to buy and hang on to it for the long haul. Do I care if you invest? I don't. Do I think it could be a great decision for you? Yes. Would I advise putting money in there that you can't lose? No, I would not. I would not advise borrowing money to put that in there. I would not advise putting money in there that you can't afford to lose. Don't do something stupid, okay? Just because you think it could go up. But I am putting money in there that I can afford to lose because I think it's going way up from where it is. I have most of my wealth in real estate, but I have some of my wealth in cryptocurrency. And I believe cryptocurrency has a massive potential to go to the moon. I do believe that Bitcoin and Ethereum could go far, far, far above where they are right now. And I do believe they'll be very volatile. So what I, how I see this, Bitcoin is trading at roughly $50,000 right now. I put, if I put my money in Bitcoin, I'm perfectly fine with Bitcoin going to 25,000, cutting in half by 50%. Bitcoin has had 80% swings in the past. Ethereum, uh, Ethereum's trading at like 1650 right now. I'm perfectly fine with Ethereum going to $800. I'm not selling it. This is a buy and hold thing for me. I'm not telling you what to do. You do what you want. I don't benefit in any way from you doing one or the other. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. And I'm telling you, I see it as one of the greatest investing opportunities of my lifetime. Because if Bitcoin does become the decentralized store of value and currency of preference for exchange in the world, we are talking a massive, 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 massive market potential as opposed to the dollar. Now, what has to happen for that to happen? A lot, right? That's why I'm saying don't put money in there you can't afford to lose. Be smart, okay? This is this is an investment with high opportunity and high upside with potential for full loss. Don't be stupid. Um but man, I tell you what, man. This investment opportunity to me seems amazing on the upside. So, um do your research. I tell you what, I get on YouTube a lot. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. In fact, now I don't really even watch TV much outside of YouTube. I get on YouTube. I do a ton of YouTube videos and some of it's, if you look up cryptocurrency on YouTube, you're going to get some of the stuff that's just crap and some stuff's great. You know what I mean? But, um, I really like Raul Paul. Um, he's one of my favorite traders. He's very bullish on Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I like Michael Saylor. Michael Saylor's the CEO of MicroStrategy. He's, um, he's gone in big on Bitcoin. And, um, then some of it's just my own gut, you know? So I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what you're comfortable with. Some of you are going to be comfortable with just keeping your money in real estate, which is, totally fine. I have most of my wealth in real estate. Um, I am diversifying some of my wealth out of real estate because I do believe my personal belief is that because of the government's actions with the stimulus and printing up money and the dollar not being backed by anything that the dollar is going to become much less valuable. What is a hedge to inflation? Real estate, real estate will go up with inflation because 
as dollars become worthless, you have to spend those less valuable dollars on buying houses. And when you buy a house with less valuable dollars, you got to spend more of those more of those dollars to buy those properties. So that's going to keep up with inflation. Another thing I like is cryptocurrency. Um, so those are just two things uh, amongst the things that I, I like investing in. But man, I see a massive potential in this stuff. And if you look at the Bitcoin halving cycles, you will see that um, it, it's looking like that the halving cycle um, for the Bitcoin run could go through September 2021 and then could make a downtick. So if you put your money in there, know that it could be volatile. It's going to go up and down. But to me, if you're in it for the five to 10 year cycle from here or more, there could be tremendous upside. You could also lose everything you put in there. I don't want to mince words there. Don't put money in there that you can't stand to lose. And don't blame anyone if you do, because it is your own decision. And right now, there's no telling the future, right? But when you see something coming along that looks like it could change the way everything is done, to me, it's something worth exploring deeply on your own. So for those of you interested in cryptocurrency that don't really know what's going on with this, get on YouTube, learn, read up, read books, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, try to figure out how this all works, how this could affect you. And also know that anything you invest in that's of the cryptocurrency nature, you need to be okay with it being something that could go to zero, in my opinion. And if it goes to zero, you're good with it. But if it goes way up, this could juice the returns in your portfolio. So that's why I'm using a diversified strategy where I'm continuing in real estate, but I'm also putting a portion over in the crypto, which is has high, very high upside in my opinion. So anyway, um, I'm taking a month off of social media to just kind of unplug, spend time with family, um, unwind, do my, uh, keto diet, lose some weight, spend some time with God focusing on what's important in my life. And by the way, guys, I don't know what you all believe. I'm not sitting here trying to convert you to what I believe, but I do think you need to know, you need to come up with a, an answer to why you're here and what your purpose is on earth. Okay. And your purpose here on earth um, has a lot to do with, with how you're going to live each day. And I just, I just ask you, if you don't know why you're here, spend some time on that. Spend some time on it. Try to figure out why you're here. If you don't know the answer to that, it's worth looking into. That's probably the biggest question you're ever going to answer is why I'm here on earth, right? What am I doing? What's my purpose? It's not about money. You have a much greater purpose than that. I mean, if you've ever been to a funeral and looked in a cat, an open casket, not to be morbid, but if you see that corpse lying there, you know that there's no spirit in that body. Like we are bodies and we are spirits. There's more to us than just our body, right? You have a body and you have a spirit. Part of that is eternal, the spirit. And part of that is, is finite, which is the body. It's going to, it's going to die one day, right? Dig into that. There's a lot there. Like I believe that eternity is in front of us and there's a lot to us besides just the, the mortal, just the, just the body. And so 
spend some time on that if that's something you don't believe. And I'm not trying to con- convert you to what I believe. I just do believe it's a it's a great thing to think on and to dig into. And I, I pray that you find the right answer there. But guys, I mean, I did this episode for you because I love you. I want the best for you more than I want you to be, to build wealth and be financially free. I want you to be happy. I want you to have purpose. I want you to know the meaning of life. And I want you each to know that I love you and that I'm pulling for your success and that I hope this episode has benefited you. I hope that you can make pivots in your portfolio to increase your profit potential. I hope that you can make investments in your life that bring you many times the the money that you have put in. And I hope that spiritually you can discover the meaning of life and you can live fulfilled and full lives um, that are satisfied with the reason you're here and that that are basically excited to get up each day. And that's the truth. So we're going to wrap this episode up now. Love you guys. And I'll catch you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode please connect with me on Instagram at daily real estate investor or via email at Josiah Smelser at gmail.com. My new book titled dream it and build it how to crush your real estate investing goals is out. You can get it either in digital or physical format on Amazon. Once you've read the book, please leave me a review. Tune in next time for another episode of the daily real estate investor as we both join in our financial freedom journey.